Coming live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to She Knows Sports with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Princess Cooper right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hi, Princess. How are you today? I'm doing good, Brittany. It's awesome. We will do anything just to do a radio show, just a podcast, and and try to work out the kinks for sure. I'm excited to be on with you, Brittany. Absolutely, absolutely. As you guys all know, Today is Thursday, is the eve of the weekend, so let's get excited because tomorrow, I don't get paid tomorrow, but for some of y'all, just got paid <laughs> Friday night, so it's tomorrow, so let's get this started. Princess, are you ready to talk some sports? I'm ready to do it, Brittany. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to start with the All-Star Weekend. As you guys all know, this past weekend was NBA All-Star Weekend, which was in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I have been there before. It's not the most exciting state, uh, but yes. it's an interesting one, I will say. But it brought out so many people, um, and this has been a big, big conversation, and it's, it usually always is every single year, and that's the dunk contest. Um most people were disappointed in the dunk contest with the contestants. Um, and I know there was issues with the floor, the, the new LED or whatever that floor system yeah. was. Um, but there have been people that said they think LeBron has ruined the dunk contest. Princess, LeBron's your guy. Do you think he ruined the dunk contest? You know, I was talking to Kevin Walker earlier today, and I stalked him. I really do. I think LeBron James, that is my one complaint about LeBron James is that he refused to do the duck contest, and that has disappointed me. And then listen to Stephen A. talk about it and talk about it, you know, the fact that he shunned the dunk contest, I think he made it okay for other stars to come along to shun the dunk contest. And it really upset me to see him in the all-star game and in pre-warm-ups with other, um, with other teams and see um, that he will do dunks in pre-warm-ups but he won't do them and get in the dunk contest. I really think there's some validity to that, and that is my one knock on LeBron James for sure. Yeah, I don't think I disagree because prior to LeBron, all the stars yeah. were in the dunk contest. I yeah. mean, even if you weren't the greatest dunker, you were in the dunk contest. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard at the time, uh, many, many others. LeBron comes along and says, yeah, I'll try it. I'll give it a shot one year. Mm-hmm. Every year they ask him, nope, I don't want to do it. Nope, I don't want to do it. I'm be honest. I think he's, he's scared to do the dunk contest. I, yeah. I really always thought he was scared to do the dunk contest, not just because he couldn't do it or he didn't want to do it. I really thought that was the one thing that, that made him somewhat afraid because he didn't want to look bad doing it. And I, I do think it's because – He's more of an in-game dunker versus a creative dunker, and I think that's what kind of shied him away from doing it. Um, but LeBron has to know it's just a tradition, a fun tradition, and people want to see what you are able to do. It can't be no worse than what we just seen this year with Jalen Brown jumping over someone who's five foot four. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so it would have just been exciting to see him do it, um, exciting something to add to his, I guess, legacy. Uh, once again, whether he won or lost, it didn't matter. Um pretty sure Kobe Bryant has lost it. Um, so, it, like, it doesn't make a difference. But we just want to see the stars do the dunk contest. We don't want to have to go to the G League and pull somebody up to do the dunk contest um, or try to change things. That That's my thoughts. I, I just thought he was scared. Yeah, you know, um, I, I always love – LeBron James as a dunker. He he's a provo- prolific dunker, and for him to refuse to just for the sake of the game and for the sake of you know um, NBA All Star, I think he should have at least done it once. And for him to say no all these years, you can't say well, one thing. Okay, you're afraid to do it, or you have some apprehension for some reason, um, and he's never done it. But the greats have done it. You know, Dominique Wilson, right. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. I think Michael Jordan did it three times, you know, so mm-hmm. I just don't understand um, how he has, you know, just kind of left that go, just let it go. So um, I, I do, I, I kind of blame him, you know, and I'm glad to see when they brought it up. And um, some may not agree, but for once I agree with Stephen A, and for once I have a complaint about my LeBron James. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we all have complaints about our favorite players. Like I say, it's not too many when it comes to LeBron. That may be yeah really the only one I would say. Um, But speaking of dunk contest, Princess, what were your thoughts on this year's dunk contest and do you think they should make some changes to it? Yeah. um, The dunk contest disappoints me and um, it's I don't know what we're calling it now. You know, but I'm I'm not a fan of jumping over folks and and all of that kind of stuff, and I I wish we would do something about it. And I'm going to go to um, Stephen A. one more time when he said, you know, let's go and and break this down by region and find the best dunkers, you know, around the country in these parks. Let's go to Rucker Park and find some. Let's go to different parks and and recreations and find some best best dunkers and bring the top ten to the dunk contest next year. We got to do something to um, to make it more interesting. I'm happy that the NBA, NBA All Star went back to you know the, diff, the East versus West. I don't want to see everybody get a captain and pick someone. And I'd like to see this change. Um, and maybe that's it. If if this is what we got, if this is what we're dealing with, then maybe you know we need we need to do something else and bring the best dunkers. I bet you it'll bring more eyes on on the NBA All-Star game, it'll bring more eyes on that weekend, and it'll definitely bring more eyes on the dunk contest itself. So I'm willing to see what that does um, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think Stephen A. got it from uh, our show, by the way, because we've been saying this forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. you know, that they should go out and get street dunkers. The street yep. dunkers, they're amazing. Um, and things they do now, we still have yet to see. And it's like, how much more can you do when it comes to dunking? But there's a lot more that you can do. Um, I, I agree. I think they should go out, find street street dunkers, um, pair them up with an NBA player, um, and then, you know, that's the guy who will give you the lobs. Maybe you could jump over depending on their height. Um, yeah. You guys could could do some maybe some sort of duo dunking if it's possible, um, more team type stuff. And then 
you know, I think that's how they should do it. And then maybe each team can represent a charitable foundation. Um, mm-hmm. So whoever wins, you know, uh, um, that money goes to that particular charity uh, with smaller donations to the other charities. I think it encouraged them to be more creative and it create more competition light. And then maybe the street dunkers themselves can get a, 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 uh, a reward as well if they win. So I think that'll bring a different element to that dunk contest because they have to do something. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I think uh, Kevin was talking about that too, is that Jason and you all have been talking about that on the sideline speaks. A shout out to that show. Um, and, and, and that's a, a heck of an idea. And I like it that, you know, let's, let's give the dunk con- um, contestants some money. You know, um, it's been said, you know, five hundred thousand. Let's give the winner of the dunk contest. It's coming off the street, half a million dollars. Wouldn't that not change? Mm-hmm. Change, you know. But but let's do something different. Um, and I know a lot of dunkers that I've seen on the streets that never went to college, um, and never played in the pros, but they could actually dunk. And 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 let's see what we can do to to make it more interesting. I agree. I absolutely agree with that. Um, so princess, so we talked about the dunk contest. But as we know, All-Star Weekend starts Friday and ends on Sunday, and the dunk mm-hmm. contest is usually Saturday. I just want to get your thoughts on the entire All-Star Weekend. What is what were you what what event were you most looking forward to? Were you excited about it? Did it disappoint you? Um, just your overall thoughts. This is probably the first um, All-Star Weekend that I really just kind of you know. Ignored most of it. Um, but the most exciting point is it, because um, Kevin kept reminding me is that, you know, Anescu, I wanted to see what she did against um, Steph Curry. I was really interested in that. I thought that lived up to the hype um, for sure. The, the game itself, um, you know, with over 300 points scored, um, I, I think the West had 211. I, I guess they decided that, hey, you know, we're, we're not going to contest you. As a matter of fact, we're just we're just going to let everybody score because we don't get hurt. And I heard several players say that in the press conference after the game is is the key thing is that everybody left the game um, healthy, you know. Um, but the weekend left something to be desired. I don't particularly care for the skills game um, or the the competition. Um, I, I I think the most that I watched was was Steph and 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 I, and I, I ask you. I, I'm getting that wrong. I know know that. But um, the game, I probably got through the second quarter. I didn't do like Kevin, and I'm going to let him finish that one. I didn't do like Kevin and just go to bed. But, you know, um, it's not what it used to be. I remember, um, you know, gosh, and I, I keep, keep hating to just direct his name, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Shaq and Magic. Mm-hmm. I remember them. They, they competed. And the closer yeah. they got to the fourth quarter, the, the more they stuck it to each other, the closer it got to the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was a different mentality. Um, exactly. You know, each one really was the face of the league, and they brought that competitive, um, dominant force mentality to the all-star game. They say, yeah, this is for fun, and we don't have to maybe play as hard as the regular season, but at the end of the day, I still want to win. It's like when that era started when LeBron kind of took over, yeah. the All-Star game, it wasn't as competitive anymore. You know, we had LeBron and D-Wade and 
a few others. It just didn't feel that competitive energy anymore. I remember when Kobe was still in the league and he went up against LeBron and he shut LeBron down in an all-star game. You know, this was just supposed to be for fun, uh, laughs, let's see what you got type of thing. And Kobe said, uh-uh. For about three or four straight possessions, Kobe locked LeBron James down like I've never seen before um, because he that was that mentality. Now it's it's boring to be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> it's boring. So I, I didn't wa- I watched some of it, but I was I think I recorded most of it to watch it later. Started watching movies. So I said I'm gonna just go watch a movie and relax, and I'll come back to it later. It was never like that for me. I had to watch it yeah. live in action. I wanted to see what was going to happen. I didn't want to find out later on any sort of social media or somebody, well, you know, when I was younger, somebody would call you about it. Did you see what happened? Mm-hmm. Um, I had to watch it live. Now I don't really care anymore, <laughs> yeah. which means they have to, to me, they have to make some changes. Even the all-star game itself, you know, maybe do two-on-two or three-on-three, maybe incorporate Ice Cube's big three some way, somehow, um, in the All-Star game. Um, You know, I was excited to watch the – I'm normally excited to watch the celebrity game. Mm -hmm. I wasn't as excited this year. I mean, half the people I don't know anyway. So I do think it's more geared towards the younger generation now. And I Mm -hmm. guess that what happens as you get older, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) – it, to me, they just have to make some changes to the entire um, weekend. It just doesn't feel the same whatsoever. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Brittany, because I did watch the Celebrity Game, and that was probably one of the better parts, too. I rarely watch mm-hmm. the Celebrity Game um, and because I wonder, like, okay, what made you decide to get out here and do this? Because they, they never look good. I thought in this Celebrity Game that there were some serious dunkers in this game, including Michael Parsons, who just said, mm-hmm. I'm just going to come on out here and win me an MVP um, with 36 or 37 points. I don't know if I like the whole Shannon Sharp, Stephen A thing. That did nothing for me. But I, I thought the celebrity game was probably the best that I've seen in, in, in a while um, as far as the talent is concerned. A lot of times they're just running up and down and stealing the ball. Um, but this time, it, it looked like some of them had some skills. I do agree with you. I had no clue who most of them were. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Parsons was funny, though. He went up, mm-hmm. he went to go, it was one time he went to go uh, get a rebound, and it was against a girl. He snatched that ball out of that girl's hand <laughs> so hard. I said, Micah, relax. Yeah, relax is, now. Come on. <laughs> I wish you'd done that down. during the season. Okay. Right. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. Uh, it's okay. We take shots at our own team. It's okay because I can say a lot about them Eagles. Um, but that's, <laughs> but we'll see what happens with both our teams. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but I think we agree. NBA All-Star got to have some changes, and I think that's up to um, Commissioner Adam Silver. If it was David Stern, I'll tell you one thing, those changes would have came very, very, very quickly. Um, yeah. Because he liked competition. Brittany, but what does that say now? We've complained back-to-back about the Pro Bowl um, and that whole debacle and how they handle that now with flag football and all of that that's going on because a lot of that I didn't watch either. And now here comes the NBA All-Star game. 
which to me used to be something, you know, that I would look forward to, and I've attended a couple of them, um, you know, right after Valentine's. It used to be the thing to do, and, and, and it was such, it was just so neat to see all of the stars in one place. Um, if mm-hmm. they weren't competing, they were there. Now, I think it's just a mess, and I think we said that about the NFL, and now we're saying it about the NBA. Let's do something differently. Yeah, because if you leave it up to me, I just say take both of those weekends away and just have the players just have some relaxation time. But I know yeah. and understand it's for the younger generation, and these kids want to see in any form, any capacity, regardless of what it is, they just want to see all their favorite players together. So, And this is their opportunity to see it. But, yeah. Princess, I want to move on to, since we're talking about the NBA, I want to talk about these Brooklyn Nets. Um, so their record was 21 and 33, and during All Star, the All Star break, they decided to fire their head coach Jack Vaughn. I just want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, you know, um, gosh, I can't remember who Jack Vaughn played for, uh, and I can remember him from college. Um, Kevin will Kevin will tell me. I bet you in inbox. But I I like Jack Vaughn as a player. Um, and, and, but I think that anything attached to the, the Brooklyn Nets right now is, 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 is destined for failure. They're going to have to figure out what the formula is. They're going to have to figure out what they want to do, um, with their franchise and who's best to run it. Um, but they got him in there at that position and, um, 33, you know what? I heard Steph Curry said, said it the other day and I maybe right after the um, NBA All-Star game, he was talking about his Warriors, you are who your record says you are. And um, right now they are, they are a failure. And I, I think it's deeper than um, just the players, and I think it's, it's, it's management and coaching. Um, and I just don't know what, what they need to do. But um, I hate to see anyone get eliminated, terminated, or fired. I really do. But I, I think – if the Nets are doing it now, behind the scenes, they're saying we have to somehow turn the corner from the debacle of having Kyrie, Harden, and and Durant, which was a failed experiment, experiment, and and now this is what we're left with. So, um, and I don't even know if that means you know getting rid of gosh our favorite player is Simmons, but they've got to start over, and maybe it starts with coaching. Yeah, no, I think who's going to start with is Ben Simmons, to be honest with you. <laughs> that could be a little bit of a shot fart. I'm not sure. But I, I'm kind of surprised they got rid of Jack Vaughn. Like, I, I do understand because it is a 21-33 record, so that is understandable. Um, but I feel like he's actually a decent coach. You just have to put quality players on his team that he can coach. Um, mm-hmm. I know they're trying to build up Mikel Bridges. I am a little curious about that because um, this is Mikel Bridges' team, and I just think right now he hasn't been able to take over or mm-hmm. just have that I'm the star of this team type of mentality. I know there was some frustration on how the office, offense was ran, so maybe that's why he decided to let Jack Vaughn go. Um, but I think it starts with getting rid of Ben Simmons, to be honest with you. They have to move on from him. You're paying this guy millions and millions of dollars to not show up. And you cannot tell me these younger guy, the younger guys on the team are not paying attention to this. Yeah. Um, regardless of the which, whether people see him as the leader or not see him as the leader, he is one of the veterans, the older vets, surprisingly, in such a young team in that locker room. So there are younger players that are looking up to him. 
And I think his that role model situation, that mentorship, if he's providing that whatsoever, to me it's not good. I don't want to call him a cancer in the locker room because I'm not sure if he's necessarily a cancer. He's just not a leader um, mm-hmm. from any capacity, you know, whether it's just a talking, a, you know, someone who talks to you, emotional leader, or someone who's going to work their butt off and play hard 24-7 on the floor. Um, I don't think he has that mentality of, I want to be the best in the league, although we know he has the skill set to do it. So, unfortunately, these young guys are looking at him, and he is the example. Um, so, I think this, this should have started with him first. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, yes, you have to get this team better better players. It was unfortunate that you lost James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving basically in the same year, um, yeah. if I can recall. Uh, actually, it was yeah, same year. Um so I think Jack Vaughn's a good coach. I think he'll get another opportunity. I think they should have kept him a little bit longer um, to see what he's able to do with more quality players, more talented players than what they have. Um, and basically the Nets just going to have to start over like yeah. they always do every single decade, every so many years or so. A couple of things here, Brittany. You know, when they first assembled that team, we were like, oh, my gosh, what a force. They have to be one of the favorites to come, come out of the East, and it just never um, it, it, it never amounted to anything. And the second thing is, is that Ben Simmons, you know, we see a lot of people that look like us, especially head coaching in the NFL and head coaching in college football, that never get chance one chance two, three, four, five. And it's amazing that Ben Simmons has gotten so many opportunities to get better or to say, okay, well, I'm not ready yet. I, I feel something in my back, and I'm not ready yet. I'm, you know, I'm having anxiety. I'm not ready yet. And they've given him opportunity after opportunity. Eventually they have to say, okay, it's not, um, it's not us, it's you. And maybe we uh-huh. need to move on from that, and, and, and hopefully they do. And the, and the third thing is, thank you, Kevin. Um, Ron went to, to Kansas. I was actually going to say Kansas State. So thank you, Kevin, for looking that up for us, um, for sure. Um, and, a, and a host of, of NBA teams he played for, you know, um, Kevin said the Jazz, the Hawks, the Magic, the Nets, the Spurs. So he moved all over. I thought this was a good pick by the Nets because – I liked him, um, and I'm talking about Coach Vaughn, and I liked that he had so much experience and that he was still relatable to the players because he's not, I don't, I don't think he's 50s or 60s, maybe late 40s. I thought he was relate, relatable for them. Again, though, um, not where they need to be. And the Nets are going to have to really take a look and do some um, self, you know, explore the inside of their, their franchise and, mm-hmm. and what's going on and, and make some changes. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I, I do think they do have a good starting point in Mikel Bridges. Um, hopefully get the right coaching staff, since you did let go of Jack Vaughn, hopefully get yeah. the right coaching staff to really help him develop to being a star player. I don't know if he has the ability to be a superstar caliber type of player, um, but he does have the talent to be a star player on both sides of the basketball. So they do have a good uh, starting point there. But, you know, yeah. something else, Brittany, too, is that the interim coach now is Kevin Ollie. And if it's mm-hmm. Kevin Ollie, I'm not that, – that is a former UConn coach that took over 
um, after the long-term coach, you know, decided to retire. And then Kevin Ollie was released after a couple years, and he sued the university for wrongful termination. If this is the same Kevin Ollie, you know, so um, all of that's just really crazy. I, I just don't know where you go. Everybody seems to have a check it pass, and I know none of us are perfect, but they got to find somebody. Yeah, they do. Um, I actually have some uh, – I actually, you know, somewhat of a fan of Kevin Alley, probably because he played for the Sixers for about four years when okay. Allen Iverson was here. I think he was the backup. He was a backup point guard. So he came off the bench. He did not start. Um, he didn't do too bad. He, You know, he was okay. But I do think that Jack Bond was, is a much better head coach than the Kevin Alley. But let's see what Kevin Alley can do. But, again, you got to get rid of Ben Simmons. Um, him coming in and out your lineup, that's messing up this, the chemistry and the stability of this young team. Um, I think it's time to let him go. And I think his contract is up. I don't know if it's this year or next year, but it's mm-hmm. one of these years where it's up soon. So and my problem with Ben Simmons is he just doesn't get better. He does the same thing over and over and does not improve his game whatsoever, and that's frustrating. Um, well, I just I'm just surprised that he's not upset with himself. I'm surprised that he didn't feel um any ownership of how he looks in public. And right now he looks about looks like someone who gives up or doesn't care or gives ten percent when and leaves the other ninety percent on the table. That that's amazing to me, um, that that's where we are with him. I do also want to mention um, Brittany, did I did like the fact that um, they showed different things, you know, Jason Tatum meeting Larry Bird for the first time, and then um, um, Maxi introducing um, his mom and grandmother to, to Allen Iverson. Um, I saw that tape, and, and then they wanted to take pictures, and Allen Iverson said, hold on, let me go get James first. But he made sure <laughs> to hug his mom, and he made mm-hmm. sure to hug his grandmother and say, hey, Grandma, you know, I, I love those types of things, and how they met. And I love seeing, you know, of course, Dr. J and Ellen Iverson sitting together. Um, those are the things, to see that old versus the new, um, that that warmed my heart for sure. Absolutely. It's like a changing of, I don't know, changing of times or whatever you want to call it, the older generation getting yeah. the torch over to the younger generation, I think is, is really awesome. And hopefully we get to see more of it. Yeah. Um, I do want to get into the NFL, uh, and I want to talk about your guy, Dak Prescott, with the Cowboys. <laughs> you know, he is eligible to sign an extension again, uh, mm-hmm. and he could potentially reset the entire quarterback market. And there's a rumor that he could potentially get an extension that is close to $60 million per year. Wow. Do you think yeah. Dak Prescott is worth $60 million per year? No. No, I don't. <laughs> but I could go on and on about my woes about my Cowboys. But let me just say this. On paper, if you just look at it on paper, he looked like a world beater last year. You know, mm-hmm. 12 wins, um, the passing yards. I-, I think he led the league with um, touchdown passes, if I'm not mistaken. He looked like a world beater. But there's something within that team and within Dak Prescott, who is the face of the franchise, that is not a clincher. He does not close on the moment. Um, he does not bring his A game. You knew um, in the Super Bowl that eventually Patrick Mahomes was going to wake up and the team was going to wake up and there was going to be 
some involvement there, and it was gonna it, it was gonna get end up being a tight game. Although ten three, I think it's tight anyway. Um, I have been on the Dak Prescott bandwagon since he got there, and I don't know how well or excited I was that he took Tony Romo's place and really forced Tony Romo into retirement. But I was pleased with his progression. I was sad to see him get hurt. Um, this has been a banner year for him if you just look at the numbers and his stats and the collection of all of that. But um, uh, to, to fail in the playoffs again, um, and then here we are with this type of um, reset with him being able to set the market. Um, okay, if you just say as a businesswoman, a business person, congratulations. I hope you get all that you can get. But if you're talking to me with fandom and having my heart broken every year, boy, go sit down. I'm not giving you six dollars. <laughs> and I, yeah. and I, that's hurtful. I, and I, I'm so upset with them. But I don't think they just need to start with 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 Dak either. You know, I say reset the whole the whole franchise. Sell it. Mm-hmm. Give it to somebody else. You know, that's really how I feel. So, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't give him that type of money. But it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, look, I think Dak is talented in his own right. Um, I just don't know if he should be the one resetting the quarterback market in that, in that, in this way. At least not to sixty million. Um, if you want to say the fifty-two, fifty-three, maybe okay, I give you that one. Um, I just need my $60 million quarterback to be able to perform when the bright lights are on. And when I mean bright lights, I mean playoff time. Yeah. I need you to play your best football during playoff time. Even if you don't win the game, I need to make sure that you were not the reason why we lost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it needs to be on maybe receivers weren't catching the football, to be maybe the, the running back fumbled the football two or three times. Maybe your offensive line just wasn't playing up to par, but you were somehow just getting things done. And maybe even the defense just was allowing more points than what the offense can can um, overcome. And I mean allowing more points, I mean like 35 to 40 points, um, yeah. which is that is absolutely hard to overcome. I just As much talent as Dak Prescott is and his personality just seems like he's a very good guy, he just doesn't have that. I'm going to go in this game. I'm I'm taking over. I'm going to be at worth every penny of this sixty million dollars, and I'm going to make sure my team gets as far as we can in the playoffs. If not, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Even if you don't win it, or even if you don't even get to the Super Bowl, but maybe you at least get to the NFC Championship. He hasn't yeah. even got past the first da- first round, I think, except for maybe one or two times. Um, to me, that's not good enough. To me, that's not worth $60 million. Um, what you do in a regular season is what you do in a regular season. I do not care less. I don't care about that. I care about what you do when the playoffs uh, uh, begin. That's when, to me, your money matters the most. But I'm not paying you for – I'm paying you for 17 weeks. But I'm not paying you for 17 weeks. I'm paying for you when, you, when it comes down to playoffs. So – no, I don't think he's worth $60 million. Really, on the quarterback, I think that's worth $60 million is Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to take $60 million because he wants a good team around him. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see. Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see what that is. I hate continuing to open up this Dallas Cowboy wound, and that's really what it is right now. It's just a wound. I'm so really sick of them. 
but um, I just don't know where you where we where you go from here. Um, and, and I was about to say we, um, because that's how I guess invested I am in the success of the Cowboys. But they continue to do this, and I understand where you're coming from when you say I'm paying you for the the, the 17 weeks, but I'm not paying you because you want to have the success. Because if you don't, then you don't make the playoffs. But um, uh, once you get in the playoffs, you just can't um, just just lay an egg. And right. again, I was nervous to watch that game. Um, but it, it, it quickly turned ugly. And, and to be in the second quarter at 27 to nothing, um, at, at that point everybody should have just taken their contracts at the end of that game and left them at the 50-yard line on the logo. Mm-hmm. None of them deserved that. And, 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 and they all take blame um, overall for that. It, it was the offense, it was the defense, and I, I really just think they took Green, Green Bay for, for – um, uh, they didn't give them enough credit, for sure. Uh, so I, I keep I hate to keep opening this wound because it's disappointing. And they're the most disappointing team of 2023. Well, I don't know about that one, but <laughs> it is another letdown is what I will say. Um, I don't think either one of our teams, surprisingly, I don't think either one of our teams are the most disappointing team. I think they're two of the biggest letdowns of 2023, yeah. but not the most disappointing. Um, but both organizations definitely need a change. And this is what I'll say. It's sports, so you always know you got another year <laughs> to come yeah. back and try to win, try to win. All right, Princess, yeah. I do want to switch gears, and this will be um, the last topic that we talk about. And it's coming soon. It's actually starting next week. And, you know, we always get excited about NFL offseason. We think it's one of the most exciting, if not the no, it is the most exciting all season amongst yeah. all of sports, unless you're overseas and soccer is your the real football, I guess you could say, is your thing. Um, but in this situation, we're talking about Americana football, and that is the NFL Draft Combine starts next week. Princess, um, how do you feel about the NFL Combine starting, and or do you like it? I should say. If so, what is your favorite event um, or position group? Well, I, I, I still love the Combine, even though I think it reminds me. I got a, got to see Pro Day, um, I think it was just last year, at the University of Florida, and to see them all lined up in just some, you know, their shorts and, and, and getting weighed in and then their height and their measurables. Uh, but they were announced after each one, you know, Jackson or, you know, number number 15, 6 one, da, da, da. you know, the only thing they didn't do was check their teeth. And, and, and I'm being serious there. That, that's how what it reminded me of. But I still mm-hmm. like the combine. I, I, you know, I love the combine, and I love the offseason of the NFL. And I like it that the head coaches are there, the scouts are there, but the head coaches. And I like it that the assistants and coordinators take part in the drills. Um, and, and it really makes this neat. Now, the groups that I like to watch, I want to see who throws at the combine and who doesn't, but I also like to see the 40 times of the running backs and the wide receivers. Um, and then, last, I like to see the big boys, and somebody surprised me in running that 40 in a 4-5 or something like that or a 4-3, which I think that's what Jadavion Clowney um, uh, ran it at. Um, so, you know, that, those are some of the things that I like to see. I think this is a heavy quarterback class, so I'm, I'm interested mm-hmm. to see who shows up, 
who throws, who doesn't. And then um, not only do I love the combine, I like to then go ahead and venture out and watch the, the pro days, which ESPN and ESPNU have been smart enough to pick up a lot of those and, and, and show those. So um, it is, again, one of my favorite off season. Even when the Super Bowl ends, I used to get sad I don't anymore because it's one thing after the other, you know, combine, senior day, then then pro days, and then it's time to get ready for the draft. And I love all three days of that. Yeah, I'm the same way. I love the NFL Combine. I am the one, if I can't sit and watch it live, I will record every single yeah. day yeah. of every position group. And those things are about three hours long, maybe longer than that. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It's almost about a half a day <laughs> worth of recording. Um, and I don't care. I will sit and watch it all. I want to watch, hear what the commentators have to say. Deion Sanders hasn't done it the last uh, year or two because, you know, he's the head coach in Colorado now. Um, it would be nice if he could somehow get back there, but I don't think so. I don't know if that's some sort of conflict of interest or whatnot. Um, but if I had to choose a position group, quarterbacks, I don't get as excited with a quarterback. Um, it doesn't excite me as much until I actually see them playing the game. Uh, but I love the corners. I love the DBs. And I'm with you. I love the linebackers and, and the trenches, the guys in the trenches. I yeah. love watching them. And primarily the same reason. In the 40s, I love to see how athletic these guys are, um, especially when they have to switch directions in a, in, a, in a quick second, them big bodies switching directions, which is very difficult to do. Um, but those are my favorite. And I'm excited, too. You know, I get excited for the NFL uh, uh, combine. And this allows me to catch up on maybe any college players that I may have missed during throughout the year. This allows me to catch up on my knowledge of some of the college, the NFL, I'm sorry, the, the top college players that are going into the NFL. You know, because a lot mm-hmm. of times we know that top players, you should, we will say. But yeah. maybe there's a, the top 60 or 70 that we don't, there's players in there that we haven't never even heard of, and then you get to see how athletic they are and go watch their tape or whatever it may be and just hear the comparisons and whatnot. So I get excited. And the pro day is exciting. And in the NFL draft, it's usually always my birthday weekend. So I always get excited (laughs) every single year. Um, And I think it's my birthday weekend again this year uh, because usually always the last weekend in April normally. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited and I'm ready to go. Yeah, season got me excited. And okay, Kevin well, said his okay. favorite positions are the quarterbacks, wide receivers. I wonder all the divas, right? Um, right. And, then, <laughs> and then the cornerbacks. Um, those are his favorite three to to watch. But um, again, exciting off season. And I, and I, I want to say this: the last two years, I think that the Eagles and the Forty ers have really dominated in some of the best moves um, um, in, in the NFL. You know, the the acquisition of, of Christian McCaffrey. And then, of course, I, I thought that, that the Eagles really drafted well last year and picking up so many of the Georgia Bulldogs on defense and, and just their acquiring of the wide receiver, receiver if I'm not mistaken, A.J. Brown, two or three years ago. I think they've dominated the offseason. Um, I'd like to see, you know, somebody else like the Cowboys do do much better and move up and get some really key players. So, um, but yeah, we we are here in the off season, and and I don't think they let us down at all. 
Yeah, it's franchise tag time. Um, and then right around the corner is free agency. So I think this is going to be a big free agency for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think the biggest thing for the Philadelphia Eagles is to get the appropriate coordinators. That was the biggest thing, to get yeah. guys in their in this organization that understands football, understands play calling, um, and understands the talent on both the, that they have on both sides of the football and how to put this talent um, in a position to succeed. They didn't have that last year, and that was probably due to the fact they went to the Super Bowl, uh, not this past season, but the se- uh, two seasons ago basically now, um, mm-hmm. and it was too late. The guys they wanted were already hired with another team, so they had to yeah. just find inexperienced guys. I think this year is going to be a lot different for the Eagles, of course, um, which is exciting. And now they have the money to do it. Uh, with a couple cuts or whatnot, they have – ooh, they could have probably almost $60 million if they cut a few guys or extend a few guys. Prior to that, it's about $30 million. So yeah. they have some room to get some better talent on this on this team, and now you have the coaches. So there's no excuses this year. You're basically yeah. back where you were two years ago, so let's get it together. So who are your coordinators now? Um, I know you got defensive coordinator from Miami, I'm correct? Yes, yeah, so we have Vic Fangio, and that's the guy they wanted last year. But mm-hmm. Vic Fangio didn't want to wait for the Eagles, but somehow he got out <laughs> of that contract. And now he's the defensive coordinator. And then offensive coordinator is Kellen Moore. Um, I don't know how the Cowboys fans feel about him, but I think he is going to help uh, our young, talented offense because A.J. Brown, although he's a veteran, he's still fairly young. He's only about 25 years old, um, which is nuts. Um, And then he'll put these guys in a position to succeed. And I think he has a plan for the blitz that Nick Sirianni cannot couldn't figure out. So I think – well, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I was going to say it really didn't matter how we Cowboys fans feel about Kellen Moore. Sometimes it, it, it does well to change addresses um, mm-hmm. and to see where you are. I think, though, it's, it's just tough for Jalen Hurts now. I think this is three straight years that he's had a different offensive coordinator. Maybe Kellen Moore will be exactly what he needs because I th- don't think there's a, a huge break in age difference. Kellen Moore is probably late 30s. Maybe that'll do something. And I think Ellen Moore has a lot of talent. I, I saw him play in college. So l- let's see. Now, as far as the, the, the Cowboys are concerned, I didn't dislike him um, um, with with the Cowboys. But a lot of Eagles are saying if he was with the Cowboys, then why are we, you know, why is he with, with um, you know, the Eagles? I, I don't think that, you know, they may like that. I think he's a good offensive coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. And he may make the difference. The change of address is always good. Well, it can't be any worse than what we just had. <laughs> That's what oh, I would yeah. say. It can't yeah. be any worse than what we just had. Um, but I think he understands how to scheme your receivers open, where Nick Sirianni, although he's the head coach, as well as Brian Johnson, a former uh, uh, offensive coordinator, they didn't understand how to scheme their receivers o- open. And it told you, it showed us how important Shane Steichen was to to this organization, mm-hmm. who's now the head coach of the Colts. Um, mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni's on thin ice. I don't think he has any control, and people are wondering what his role is. You're the head coach, but what really is your role? Because Kellen Moore now has full control of the offense, and Vic Fangio now has full control of the defense. Nick Sirianni has to be careful 
because when he was interviewed, they also interviewed Kellen Moore from that same position. Now they brought exactly him in think, as That's exactly what I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the move is. I think they're setting it up for a Gerard Mayo type of thing, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, so let, let's let's see where it, where it goes. But you're correct. I think Sirianni is on thin ice, um, and I, I I don't think I don't know how you cannot blame him though. Although I thought a lot of it should have should have been with the coordinators, but he and the front office hired the coordinators. But I think right. he's on the hot seat. I do agree. Absolutely on the hot seat, and if I'm the Eagles fan, I say he could have went two years ago, but he did get a Super Bowl <laughs> last year, so I can't say nothing about that. Well, but you I, know what? Let me let me just ask this, Brittany, and I know this is not on it, but um, after going to the Super Bowl and Jalen Hurst getting there, and they almost won the Super Bowl, anything less than that is a bust, isn't it? Them not even, you know, winning the it, – it's a bust season because they've shown you – what they can do, and that nucleus of a team is still there. So anything less than a Super Bowl appearance isn't that a bust for for, for the Eagles? Um, I don't know if it's a bust because it is very hard to get to the Super Bowl. Them not getting past the first round, I will say, is a bust. <laughs> I will mm-hmm. absolutely say that. But I think that showed you um, the importance of the Shane Steichen and what he brought to the organization as a play caller. Um it's just something didn't click. And if you watch, if we really paid attention to the entire season, yeah, they started 10-1, and one, and I said this mid-season also, it didn't feel right. It just seemed like everything was just too hard on the offensive side, and it shouldn't mm-hmm. be that way. It should never be that way. You know, people say the 49ers exposed this team. I think they got exposed well before the 49ers. Um, I think they were just depending on the talent to overcome a lot of that exposure. The Jets mm-hmm. exposed the Eagles if we really paid attention. We got killed by the Jets. Yeah. Um, and they forced us into about four or five turnovers from their playmaking. So it was more the, the play. The, of course, the players had to own a, a responsibility or take accountability, I think. But I think I put the majority of it on the head coach and on these play callers because you could not scheme these uh, talented, extremely talented receivers open. You just made it too simple um, and too predictable, and that's what happened. You know, I could watch the game, and I could call out the plays that they're going to run. If I could do it, and I'm not even NFL, and never play football, I'm pretty sure the NFL defensive coordinator can do it as well, and be and it's very easy and simple for him. And then I just think they didn't put Jalen Hurts in the best position to succeed neither. And he actually didn't have a bad of a year, as we may think for it to be, you know, he played some incredible games. You know, he played well against the Chiefs and the Buffalo. Um, he had a few games where it, he put it on his back to come back and win that game after being down 10. So, but they, they, had, they had to make some changes, and they had to get some better talent in that linebacker position on defense. Yeah, I, I thought Jalen didn't look himself last year. I thought he said all he the didn't. right things and, and, mm-hmm. and looked so professional and really took the next step as far as owning that team. But um, I thought he had more turnovers, which, you know, of course on stats that, that played out. But I, I didn't think he looked as good this year. Um, and I thought he, you could tell he felt the pressure because it really was on him. The defense wasn't saving him from, from anything. And, and they had four or five straight games where they went into halftime and they were down. And each one of those games they came back and won until it just really that, that scenario 
stop playing out, okay? If you're going to continue to get down like this, eventually somebody's going to get you. It's the NFL. Right. Um, exactly. And that's what happened. That's what happened. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't think Jalen played up to his abilities, but I don't think he played as bad as everybody's making it seem neither. Um, he did bail his team out on a few occasions. He still made some incredible throws a lot of times. Um, but he just he's also a very mobile quarterback. And I think you guys were right. He did have some sort of knee injury that he just didn't want to speak on because he mm-hmm. couldn't even move, and we could see that. Yeah. And like, something's not right with this young man. Um, so I don't know if it's the pressure. I don't think he's I – don't, I really don't think pressure gets to Jalen Hurts, to be honest with you. I really think he doesn't care too much about that. I just think it was so much going on with this play calling, and he was frustrated. The team was frustrated. And now you have better, more experienced coordinators um, and with the organization that I think will help him and the team be more successful. Yeah, Brittany, um, I thought that D- Dak Prescott had a much better season than um, Jalen Hurts on paper. The, he mm-hmm. stacked up the numbers. But if you ask anybody right now to talk about their top five um, quarterbacks in the NFL, Jalen Hurts is ahead of Dak Prescott. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, so I, I think that's where we are. Um, and I, I think this next season is, is is going to be something that he wants to prove himself and not be, you know, I, I thought he had some turnovers. Hopefully, you know, now he gets the opportunity to come back healthy. I think we'll see the Jalen Hurts we saw two years ago, for sure, that went all the way to the Super Bowl. So, Yeah, I, I will too. And I think he'll he'll have an off season of being able to fully focus on his craft. Um, yeah. You know, I think that is something that people don't think about neither. Your timing. Your your routine gets thrown off when you get a big check or you have endorsement deals now. Now you're doing commercials and you making little scenes in movies or TV shows that just seem yeah. like on Abbott Elementary. Uh, <laughs> so your routine gets thrown off. I think now he could focus on doing what he does best, and that's play football. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not I'm not concerned about Jalen Hurts. That's the one thing I'm not concerned about. It feels hurts. He'll figure it out. I'm more concerned about the coaching staff and Nick Sirianni. That's who I'm concerned about because I think that will be the detriment of this team, not the players, unfortunately. (laughs) I'm laughing because Kevin Walker inboxed and said it won't matter. The 49ers are winning it all next year. If he feels that way, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) He sounds like a Cowboys fan. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin Walker for always supporting us. Um, Brittany, what else do you have? For me, um, that's it for me, unless you have anything else. You know, I just wanted to talk about Caitlin Clark. I don't know if we have said anything about her surpassing Kelsey Plum um, and, and, and being the all-time scorer um, in women's basketball. I think she has a little bit to go to um, – I don't know who it is in, in men's basketball, but um, Caitlin Clark uh, at Nebraska, they were waiting out line, standing out there since 4 a.m., um, and mm-hmm. she missed it by eight points. She came home, and I think she hit 41 um, as she surpassed uh, Kelsey Plum. Um, Caitlin Clark is good for women's basketball, and it's good to see people standing out line at 4 a.m., waiting to see a star that's playing college women's basketball. And that's what I'd like to say about that. Your thoughts, and then we'll go We'll go home. Caitlin Clark is amazing. Uh, I cannot wait until she gets to the next level. 
Um, she does all her talking on the court. She doesn't do a whole lot of talking in the media or in interviews. She does all the talking in the in the court. It's a well deserved um, uh, uh, honor to have the most uh, the most points in the history of the NCAA. Right? If I can yeah. be, if I can recall, yeah. Um, I think it's incredible. I'm excited for her, and I cannot wait until she gets into the WNBA. Man, all of the attention she's going to bring her by herself is going to bring to the WNBA, is going to take that lead to the next level. Um, I'm also excited for Angel Reese. She's starting to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, as much as I like uh, that young lady, she's starting to irritate me with a few things, saying <laughs> I don't care about going to the WNBA. I make more money now. We yeah. understand that you make more money. I, I, I get it, okay? Um, but you could make, you could potentially make even more money, believe it or not, in the WNBA just by going into because people are going to want to pay you more. Now you're going to have more endorsement deals. You're going to have a lot more opportunities to do different things once you go to that next. So don't knock the WNBA just because they don't make um, a certain amount of money as of right now. So that's the only thing that's irritating me a little bit. It's starting to seem like she's just, feeling herself like she's better than what the WNBA can bring, and I kind of don't like that. Um, But I still love her game, and I still love her confidence. Yeah, you know, I think Caitlin Clark makes it. I think that Angel Reese can make it. I I think there's some some things that is left to be desired. Um, You know, again, her and Flo J. Johnson, their moms are are beefing with each other. I hope they clean that up. And, um, And then I hope Angel Reese cleans up. You know, she passed out beats, um, headphones to everybody but Flo J. Johnson in the in the in the locker room. I thought that was a little ugly here too. So I hope she cleans that up because you're gonna need teammates. You can't play by yourself. Um, and she has a huge opportunity to make more money at the next level. She has the look. She is a dog on the court. You gotta give her. She's a she's a double double every time she steps on the court. I just think she needs. Um, to work on the attitude just a little bit, but um, as my mother said, who you are, you're 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 that at, in kindergarten. You're already who you're gonna be. So we'll see, we'll see. I wish them both well, though. Absolutely, she's a dog, but I can't wait to see her go up against uh, uh, Asia Wilson. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I think Asia, <laughs> Asia Wilson might humble her. <laughs> that might be the one person that can humble her just a little bit. So. We'll see what happens when, when, if she decides to go to that level. I don't know what she's going to decide to do. Yep, yep. Um, I, I, I wish them nothing but the best, though. Um, and Cheryl Swoops has some, some things to say, and um, Cheryl Swoops has actually taken the time to talk to Caitlin Clark and the Angel Reese one-on-one and clean that up. Women's basketball is here to stay, and, and I'm, I'm proud about that. Absolutely, and I'm loving, I'm loving I'm not gonna lie, I'm loving the, the 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 competition. You know, we've seen this in the NBA for years. You know, Michael Jordan versus uh, yeah. uh, who was it that he went up against? Isaiah Thomas. You know, that battle, that frustration, mm-hmm. that Magic Johnson. You know, they went back yeah. and forth. Mm-hmm. Mag- yeah, Matt and then Magic and Bird. Although they were good friends off the court, on the court they hated each other. I want to see that more, and I need to see that in the WNBA. And I think. Angel Reese, Caitlin, Caitlin Clark, I think those would be the girls to bring it in the WNBA. Yeah, now Thomas Epps is listening. He said, let's talk about Juju Watkins from USC. She is probably the best freshman in the country. I don't know if she's the best um, 
basketball player in the country right now. Yeah, I still think that title belongs to, to Caitlin Clark as a prolific scorer. But Juju is, is, is putting it down, you know, averaging over 20 points a game, rebounding over 9 or 10, 10 rebounds a game. Juju Watkins out of Sierra Canyon in, in her first year with USC. you got to give her her props. I just don't think she's the best as a freshman. Not quite yet, but you can tell she can play and she's going to get there. Thank you, Thomas Epps, for, for, for that input. Yeah, Juju is a great player. I'm excited to see. Um, well, I'm definitely excited to see him in the in March Madness. That is soon. Uh, yeah, be coming. <laughs> that's coming up very very soon. So all eyes will soon be on um, college basketball completely. Um, and let me tell you something. She is making USC uh, exciting organization to mm-hmm. watch because the men's side is. Mm-hmm. They got some work to do on that side. So, uh, Juju, <laughs> keep going. Do. Keep doing your thing. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brittany. This has been awesome. Um, never had it so good. We may do the same thing tomorrow night if the phone lines aren't up. We'll we'll get it all figured out. And tomorrow night is Thomas S. with the Crossroads, where life and sports intersect. Brittany, have a great weekend. This is Thursday. This is weekend eve for sure. I appreciate you doing the show. We said 30 minutes. But we talked a long time because I had to get my LeBron stuff in there for sure. Have a great weekend, Brittany. <laughs> Have a good weekend and enjoy. I think it's supposed to be nice this weekend, I think. So enjoy the weather. Yeah, enjoy the weather for sure. I hope it is nice here in Columbia, South Carolina. Never had it so good sports radio. We got a lot coming. We're celebrating um, Black History this Sunday with Gerald Richardson and Fred Rucker, they will have on Olympian, 1968 Olympian, Norm Tate, one of my favorite coaches and track stars and Olympians of all time. And then we're getting ready, too, for Jeff Jay, Regina Johnson, out of Woodlands, Texas. She will um, practice and launch her show coming up, but we'll be um, a, a live show Sunday night at 8 p.m. out of Woodlands, Texas. A lot going on. I've never had it so good. Brittany, enjoy yourself. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Never had it so good. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.